Welcome back, everybody. We're on episode 51, I think it is, of the Steel Target Paint Podcast. I'm Jeff Jones. And I'm Steve Foster. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great, Steve. It's a wonderful day. Uh, looking forward to talking to you about all things shooting and steel and anything else we uh, feel like uh, sharing with our listeners. How about you? Oh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really interested to hear how your uh, how your weekend went. You did uh, did something crazy this weekend, huh? <laughs> yeah, I um, I went and uh, <coughs> excuse me, I shot the uh, nationals, uh, the PCC nationals over in Frostproof, Florida. Uh, had an absolute great time. Uh, shot on our O day. Uh, so after our O day, our O day, I was twelfth. Um, but uh, I knew that wasn't going to hold very long. Uh, <laughs> did, did, did you screen capture that and put it up on your board? No, no, I uh, no. I did not. That that was that is that is not what I do. <laughs> wow, I I was looking through the results because of course you know we know a lot of people that went to that match and wow. That was one stack field. There was, I don't know, 248 shooters somewhere in there. Uh, close to it, 270, I think. Is that right? It yeah. was, boy, there was a lot of people that are serious shooters that were there. So that was, that was pretty cool. Well, yeah, you just, you just look down. Uh, uh, I just pulled up the, 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 uh, the results here and you just, you just run down the list of, of the top 10 and, you're easily going to recognize seven of them. Sure. Got Max, Josh Froelich, that's Max Lee and Grandis, Josh Froelich, Zach Smith, Andre DeSaudel, Shannon Smith, Tim Yackley, Scott Green, Lena Michalik, Justine Williams, and Duncan Klein. Those are the top ten. Right. And there's a who's who of, of shooters in that list. Um, you know, uh, and to think that Justine... Uh, Lena won the women's national championship again, and was uh, beat Justine by eleven points. Just eleven. That's crazy. Just eleven points, and Justine is a junior shooter. How old is she, Jeff? Is she sixteen? I don't know. I don't know. They, uh, she and her sister, uh, of course, were squatted together, and they came through on day one, and I ran them, and um. I, I don't know how old they are, but, you know, being juniors, they're uh, at most 17. Well, uh, Justine, I don't think Jaleese is. I think Jaleese may be older. Sure, sure. But, you know, then you get down into, into the next, uh, next 10, and, and there's still a lot of big names. Uh, uh, Keith Garcia was 11th. Todd Jarrett, who uh, also won the senior title, was 12. Uh, Juanza Kim whose first PCC match ever, and as an unclassified shooter, comes in 13th. That's crazy. And wh where did Grant, Grant Kunkel uh, finish up? Was he 14th? What a lead-in. He was 14th. I was going to say a name near and dear to all our hearts. Uh, Grant Kunkel came in 14th. Uh, so that was uh, quite amazing. He's, he's one heck of a shooter. Um, Riley Croft, 15th. Tony Martin, 16th. Ethan Inacondo, 17th. Matt Kalish, 18th, Ian Myers, and then Bruce Taylor uh, rounded out the top 20. And, uh, you know, you go down that list, and there's a lot of people in that list that also shoot steel. Um, yeah. I, I was talking to my man, Ethan, the other day, and I said, man, how'd the match go? He said, it was great for 10 out of 12 stages. 
<laughs> and I said, what happened? He said, 65-yard swing. Sorry, Ethan, I'm not outing your brother. But, man, I watched some of his match video. He was rocking it. Oh, I tell unbelievable. you, the the 65-yard, uh, that stage, so you started um, standing, and you had about a 50-yard shot on three open targets. And then you had uh, three targets that were maybe at, I don't know, 15 yards you could take on the move. And then you had to run about, I don't know, maybe 20 yards to get to a position to pick up another two targets and then spin back and get one. And then you had to probably run another 10 or 15 yards to get your last position where there were three steel at about 20 yards, three paper that were close by, um, and then a 60-yard large popper activating a swinger at 60 yards. I think there was another piece of paper down there too. And um, when I was all done, I took four shots at the swinger uh, and uh, got all my hits. Um, I wasn't fast, but I got all my hits, which was what I was going for. So I was pretty pleased with myself. But, yeah, there was some some crazy fast uh, times. Even on that stage, uh, you know, if I look here quick um, – Let's see, we'll go to, that was stage 12, the wonders of practice score. If we go to stage. And on that swinger, Jeff, while you were looking, you only had to put two on the paper, correct? That is correct. I took four to make sure I was hopefully getting two. And as it turns out, I hit it three times. Hey, what's wrong with that? Stage 12, the 65-yard shots. Grant Kunkel was number one. Really? He I didn't ran mean that sound, thing. Sounds so surprised. Sorry, Grant. <laughs> he ran that in twenty-eight point six seven seconds, clean. Twenty-two wow. alphas and ten Charlies. Wow. That's you know, awesome. So it was, yeah. I mean, and there were one, two, three, four, five, five people that ran in under thirty seconds. Everybody else was over thirty seconds. Oh, I take that back. Sorry. Sorry, Josh. Josh Froelich, you were down there. Ran it in 26.51, but he had three mics. So, yeah, it's um, it was a lot of fun. You know, there were uh, uh, those long targets. Most outside of that stage, most of the targets were right in that, you know, seven yards to to 30-yard range. Um, variations of steel. Um there was a, there was one uh, stage where you hit a popper that activated a swinger that was behind a metal barrier, and it was only the shoulders of the swinger and up. It was a head target and only shoulders. Yeah, and 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 I it was funny because I remember that one specifically because my first, I was lucky when I was shooting it. You know, I'm one of the old guys with bad eyes. But the sun was right, and you could actually see the holes oh, wow. <laughs> through the paper. So my first shot was an alpha, and my next shot I couldn't see. My next shot I couldn't see, and my fourth shot was an alpha and I w- or a Charlie. I hit it, and uh, turns out those other two shots were in the alpha zone. It was just in the blacked-out portion of the alpha zone, mm. uh, which is considered hardcover. So. 
but it was a lot of fun. A lot of good people there. Um, had a blast. Got to see, you know, got to see Mike Foley and Jake Martins and Troy. And uh, was hoping to uh, uh, rub elbows uh, with the people from JP, but uh, their guns were there, but they didn't make it there. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I heard the the price table was pretty pretty darn good. I was pleased, you know. I mean, I so there were so final final in the match. There were doo, 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 get to the end, get to the end. Two hundred and Pardon me, there were 247 entries, so you were closer to being correct than I was. Not the first time. Uh, <laughs> Won't be the last either. <laughs> and um, I came in 103rd, and um, I walked away with a $150 JP gift certificate, which was right in line with uh, what my future plans for my next gun are. So I was very pleased awesome. with that. Oh, that's cool. Let, let me ask you this in terms of the, the format. Were they half-day sessions? Did I hear that correctly? Or yes. Not? So um, the match was uh, 12 stages. And so uh, on Friday morning, well, on Thursday and Friday, the RO shot. And we actually shot eight and four only because there was rain coming predicted for uh, Friday. So we wanted to get it done. But for the, uh, the main match, you shot six stages on Saturday, say, in the morning. And then you came back in the afternoon and shot the other six stages. Oh, wow. And then the reverse happened. If you shot six stages in the afternoon on Saturday, you came back and shot the other six on Sunday morning. But it was hot. It was Florida. Uh, and, but uh, nobody passed out, so that was good. Yeah, that is a good thing. <laughs> Well, now that we've talked about that last match, which was my last big match, let's talk about your last big match, which was the Area 5 Steel Challenge. How did that go? Do we, do we have to talk about it, Jeff? <laughs> well, it's, you know what? We owe it to our listeners, Steve. We owe it to our All listeners. All right. We'll do it for the listeners. It was, uh, it was interesting because I've never shot um, a, a major match in Indiana before, so it was cool. You know, my daughter wanted to go and see some of her friends, Bailey and uh, Caitlin were up there. So that, that was that was worth the, the trip itself. The other cool part is uh, traveling to a, a location like that that I've never shot at is there's so many people that you meet online. It was great to meet a lot of these folks face-to-face. -face and it was, I don't know, it's kind of like a family reunion. You know, Kurt and Maria Grimes came over and we talked a, uh, a little bit last time about the Steel Target Paint. Uh, team getting together. I think there was probably 10 of us there, which was a great representation for the middle of the country because we don't have a lot of shooters in uh, that area. We've got Kurt Marie on the West Coast, and then we've got a lot of folks in the Southeast. Uh, ben was there from Kansas. and Yeah, so that part was really cool, but I think the most interesting part to me, or takeaway from the match, was getting to meet all these, uh, all these, all these people. Um, yeah, it's always nice. fun to put a put a, a, a name to a face in person than just on Facebook. Yeah, Steve and uh, Jan, they're fantastic folks. And man, the, the other really cool part that I found is that Chet with CWA was there with Seth Fox, which is his grandson, and we did a, a picture of everybody that was shooting the match, or most people that were shooting the match that were there, I think it was on Saturday, yeah, I think it was Saturday at lunchtime. Uh, I think he had 15, 16, or 17 guns that shot the match, so I thought that was super, super awesome. Uh, 
So there was uh, quite a few uh, guns on display, but there was even more guns uh, shooting the match. So that was that was pretty cool. And a CWA rimfire pistol open one at South Fox took it. So that was awesome. I was excited for him. He's a he's a great shooter. Very cool. Very cool. So when he sees me, he's probably going to be mad that I'm going to mention this. But I'm mentioning this so it never happens to anyone else again. Oh. Oh, don't do it. Don't I got do to. It. I got don't to. Do it. I know where you're going. <laughs> so Can we leave the names. The, yeah, we'll, the names okay, out? we'll we'll protect the names. We'll protect the names to keep them uh, innocent. Um, but there was a shooter in the match, and he was shooting two guns. The first session, he was shooting carry optics and rimfire pistol open. I was standing right there when it happened too. And when he was shooting outer limits, he decided to keep his carry optics gun in his holster while shooting rimfire pistol open. And his carry optics gun fell out. It did. Right in the middle box. So to all you shooters out there that shoot two guns a session, and Steve, you do it, I do it, many of us do it. If you're going to be running outer limits, bag your holstered weapon. Yeah. Just absolutely. don't take the chance. There's more than enough time. There's always a table. Even if you walk up to the left or right box where you're going to start, based on whether you're a lefty or righty, and the RO says make ready, look at them and go, May I bag my holstered gun? And they're going to say yes. Bag the gun, run whatever other gun you're running, and when you're all done, say, I'm going to holster my holstered weapon, and they're going to go, go ahead and do that, and then you're fine. Yeah, I think it's a good learning experience for all of us. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say that it's uh, most egregious. DQ that I've ever seen, but uh, certainly not a good situation. Uh, oh, no, there's there's definitely worse ways to go. I mean, as far yeah. as, you know, safety is concerned, um, you know, clearly uh, cranking one into the berm, over the berm, cranking one within 10 feet, uh, breaking the 180, those are all oh, yeah. scarier ones for sure. Um, and, and I think the other reminder for people is that if you, because this person was signed up for multiple sessions, he just happened to DQ, I think, on the sixth stage, and he shot five personal best. Was rimfire pistol open prior to that, and all those scores are null and void. Yep. Um, he, he's DQ for the whole, the whole match. So yeah, the rest of the match. Yeah, yeah. So that was the un, that was the unfortunate part. Uh, you never like to see that type of situation happen, but. Well, it's definitely, oh. it definitely was a big match. I mean, I'm just looking here in practice score. It looks like there were 366 entries in the match which is a very good size match um that rivals uh you know a lot of the other bigger matches um that get done and for now i think the second second or third time we're both of chris's under 60s at um level two or higher matches uh um. just the first one no, they, they both were. The rimfire rifle open gun was at the Alabama State match, 
and the uh, rimfire rifle iron gun was at the Florida State match. Okay. And so for now, for now, the uh, the third time at a at a level two or higher match, uh, we have a time under sixty. Uh, yeah, Grinch. Fifty. Yep, fifty-eight fifty. Yep. Rimfire rifle ri iron. 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 Right. He. Yeah. Iron. He was. He was uh, approximately. Uh, uh, let's see. Do the math. Oh, I gotta do math. He was a second slower. <laughs> he was a second slower with a sixty point oh five in his rimfire rifle open. Two seconds. Was it two seconds? Fifty-eight fifty yeah. to sixty oh five. Yeah. Second and a half. Oh, second and a half. I thought it was a sixty fifty. Yep. Yep. That the interesting part. Well, a couple things. One is is that I didn't know he shot a sub sixty until I was well on my way home, and somebody called me. Just, Man, I can't believe uh, Grant shot a fifty-eight. Someone like, no, he didn't. So yeah, rip for a rifle iron. I'm like, who does that? Him and Chris do apparently. So I went through <laughs> like, holy cow. The interest, <laughs> the interesting part about what Grant did is he didn't really necessarily, in terms of fast shooting stages, he didn't blaze. I would say he didn't blaze any stage like out of the water. He just shot them all really well. You know, because I've seen Grant and Chris and others shoot okay. individual Steve, stages faster than that. Steve, Steve, but, boy, I'm, he was I'm pretty gonna consistent. You, I'm going to bring you down to earth here, Steve, okay? Because okay. your definition right. of blazing <laughs> is maybe a little different than oh, most brother. other shooters, okay? I'm, I'm looking at his scores here, okay? Well, he shot a 10-something on Outer Limits. And okay, so he shot, a 10 gonna... he shot a 10-27 on Outer Limits, okay? <laughs> He shot a 545 on Smoke and Hope. All right, I give him that one. That was fast. <laughs> he shot a five. He shot a 594 on Showdown. Yeah, that's not too bad. 705 on Accelerator. Yeah. Okay. And here's the one when I see him, I'm poking him in the eye. 714 on Pendulum. Oh, Pendulum. No, Pendulum. Yeah. He shot a 159 with his PCC open on. On uh, speed option, a 159. That's insane. Video evidence. It, oh no, he was rolling, son. Yep. Yep. Eight, eight, eight seconds on speed option. Uh, 592 on on roundabout. Just man, that's phenomenal. That's crazy. All right, so maybe they were pretty good. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, you know when you look at for PCCO and Rimfire Rifle Open, which are two of the biggest and fastest divisions in Steel Challenge. Uh, Grant, Chris, and I are the top three classified shooters, at least we were up until this week, I guess. But, you know, Grant took first, Chris took second in those two divisions, and I took third. So, you know, when I when I kick stones and say, oh, man, I can't believe I came into third place, well, you got the top three classified shooters in those two divisions. We're all at that same match, and it's the second time we've squared off um, this year. So that, that – you know, hey, I'll take second or third place to either of those guys. They're both incredible young men, and they're exceptional shooters. So, yeah, it's um, it's it's fun to watch him shoot. It, it's just fun to watch him shoot because you you, you kind of watch him shoot, and you hear the time, especially when you run them. Like right. I've I've run both of them in matches, and and you you, you call out the time, and then you're like. Oh man, I did get all five hits. He, he, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. 
So, well, here's a little interesting little nugget that, uh, you know me, I'm always looking at the data and, and trying to find some interesting things. So, same match, Area 5. Looking at the categories, okay? So, we're talking about super senior, senior, lady, junior, preteen. I'm not sure if they had military, but what I found very interesting is the top one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. The top thirteen. Nope, sorry. The top eleven spots in ladies were owned by three shooters. Oh yeah. And if you go down to sixteen, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, it only adds one more shooter. Right. That's crazy. And I, I think go they're ahead. fast. And they're fast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You've got Bridget Cunningham and yep. Emily Cunningham. Yep. I mean, those two young ladies are exceptional. And if you look at the their times and their different guns, like uh, PCC open, rimfire rifle open, most of them, I think, they're within two seconds of one another. I mean, they're going to be shooting both of their guns, those two guns specifically, under 70 seconds consistently, I would say, by the end of the year. Well, so Bridget's, you, so rimfire, had, yeah, Bridget's rimfire rifle open was a 70-23, yeah. and her rimfire rifle iron was a 71-34. It's crazy. It's crazy. So that's barely over a second difference. That's crazy. You know, and let's see, Bridget on PCC, and then you go, PCCI? <laughs> PCCI was seventy five ninety six. PCCO was seventy six oh eight. That's uh, less than a tenth crazy. of a second difference. It's crazy. Um, Probably one one of the coolest things and, and proudest moments for me watching Bridget shoot. Uh, it was roundabout. I can't remember the exact time, but it was a one point five something. You know, because she's very methodical when she shoots. And man, she had four good ones. She opened up that other one. It was like, dang, girl. <laughs> and, yeah, Emily Emily is so, so fast. What a lot of people don't understand, because Bridget has a tendency to finish a little bit better than Emily from time to time. So if you look at the last couple of major matches that they've shot, but if you look at the classifications, Emily is a faster shooter, a classified shooter. She just needs to pull it together just a little bit, and, oh, God help us all. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> they're fast, man. Listen, and, uh, let, let's crazy. just say that... Crazy. Let's just say that I, I'm happy being a senior male. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get there quick enough, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, but then then he had Bailey Gallagher. She yep, that was the fourth one when you when you extended out. Blistering times. Caitlin Benton was shooting personal best left and right. Uh, there was a young lady Camille that was shooting out of Michigan. She came down and she was running her PCC. She was rocking it. Jay was there. I mean, it was it was it was crazy. It was great to see so many good youth shooters, let alone female shooters, across the board. It was it was pretty intimidating. But you and I talked about our uh, you know what we forecasted, what would take it. I think I was in the low 60, 61, 62. Of course, I was wrong. It was 58. And then the top, how many how many top finishes were under 70 seconds? I think I said nine or ten. And I think there ended up being 12. 12. 12? Yep. 12 times under 70 seconds. That's that's crazy. And yep. there's a lot of people right on it, too, you know? Absolutely. Now, 
let's let's uh, reiterate something there because of those twelve, uh, Grant owned three. Sure. Chris owned four. <laughs> and that's probably the most impressive thing, though, is that Chris shot pretty well across multiple guns to shoot four guns under 70 seconds. That's mm -hmm. the most I've done is three, you know, that's crazy. Yep. Yeah. His, um, yeah, 62, uh, 55 for his rifle open. Uh, his PCC open was a 6586. PCC iron was a 6653, and his fast. rimfire rifle iron was a 6890. Yeah. Now think about that. Now, I mean, in, Chris at the Florida State, you pointed out he his rimfire rifle iron he broke 60. Um, most everybody would be ecstatic. To shoot a 6890 in rimfire rifle iron. Right, right. And he lost by 10 seconds. Over 10 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> I mean, I won't, tell, I won't tell him you said that either. I'm sorry, Chris, <laughs> if you're listening, okay? And, and you can poke me in the eye when you see me. Uh, oh, yeah. No, but seriously, you, you, you're like, you, you, if I were to throw a 6890, of course, again, I know that I know the times, I know the shooters, um, I would be ecstatic, and it's like, oh, yeah, how'd you do? Well, I lost by over 10 seconds. <laughs> but, Jeff, Jeff, it wasn't that long ago. There was only one person that I know of that shot a rimfire rifle gun under 70 seconds, and that was Colby. And yeah. then two years ago, I think it was Cole and I did it. But, I, I mean, you're talking a handful of people. But, boy, well, you these know, guys um, are rocking it. Was, yeah, I think it was the 18 – it was. I think it was the 18. I'm pretty sure it was the 18 WSSC KCU CBO shot rimfire pistol open, and he shot like a 60 and change. Yeah, you know, so he was he was close back then, and uh, but yeah, I mean they've just taken it taken it to another level. Is really what it is, and it's putting in the time. You know, if any of oh, think, yeah, sure. you know, let let's let's be very clear here okay and and we joke about it all the time with steve having his home range and now chris has a home range um although it's 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 not as home as steve is but he's got a range he can go to that's his that he can shoot at any time and so does grant and it's one thing to have that but it's another thing to use it and so like on an average week not preparing for a match but just on an average week how many hours would you say you're out there practicing, Steve? Whew. I would say that I shot four times this, this past week. Okay. Uh, one session was training, but, uh, you know, you're talking at least a couple hours every time I get out there. So it's I'm probably close to that because I'm not into, you know, a four-, five-, six-hour range session unless if I'm practicing for a major match, and that has to be on a weekend. But I'm going out there in – you know, my wife will probably tell you something different. But once I get out there, it's it's two hours before I've done anything. You know what I mean? Yep. And I'm shooting. And now that Vanessa shooting, we went out last week, and we dropped 600 rounds. It's like, what the heck just happened? But, you know, with with Grant, unless there's something changed since the last time I talked to him about this, the dude shooting at least five days a week, 500 rounds a session. That's, That's what 100, I remember. 100,000 rounds a year. Yep. Before you start shooting any matches. Mm -hmm. 
And Chris is shooting three, four times a week. When it comes up to a major match, he's doing the same thing I am, shooting six, seven times a week, leading up to the match. And, you know, we'll drop a couple thousand rounds in, in, uh, in that week. But Grant has definitely put in the time. Chris Barrett's definitely put in the time. And, uh, you know, if you've got these uh, thoughts of, you know, shooting sub-60 and you're not putting in the time, well, you know, maybe you can get there. Uh, the Cunningham sisters, they, they're shooting a couple days a week. They're, they're putting in the time. You know, it's, in some of it's not just about putting in the time and score and shooting that well all the time. I mean, it's right. about life balance. And if you're doing this and you're having fun, then keep doing it and having fun and then continue to get better for sure. Well, again, I think it's like if you look at any athlete, you know, uh, at the top of their game, they're not just going to the game match, whatever they happen to be uh, competing in, whatever it's called, and competing. They're putting in the time, professional basketball players, hockey players, sure. football players, uh, the whole nine yards. And I'm not saying that um, if, you, you know, we're not, it's not about being a professional. It's about if you want to improve, you got to find the time to get the practice in. And, you know, I've been working with some juniors uh, locally, and we weren't able to shoot through what, March to June. Okay, so mid-March we stopped, so they missed um, all of April, all of May, half of June. They probably missed about 10 weeks of shooting. And I finally got them back out on the range and thought, okay, you guys haven't been shooting a while. We'll, we'll keep it, you know, we won't go smoke and hope easy, but we'll go roundabout. You know, I didn't want to throw them to the wolves and give them, like, pendulum right off the bat. They shot better at that practice than they did when we, before we left. Sure, sure. And I looked at their mom and dad, and I said, what's going on? They said they've been dry firing every day. Right. 10 minutes every day they've been dry firing. So while I have never been a proponent of dry firing steel, it looks like it can help. Of course, I'm lucky. I don't have a home range, but I have access to a range, so I can go shoot sure. live. But, but I think some of it also is, is gun manipulation. I mean, oh, absolutely. He's uh, maybe not necessarily dry firing, but he's he's picking up that gun every chance he can. And, you know, if it feels like it's a part of you and it's familiar, you're just going to shoot it. You're just going to shoot it uh, flat out, flat out better. But congrats to, uh, to Grant, Chris, and all the other winners. There were some blazing times that were, that were shot. And it was a well-attended match. I know you mentioned the number of entries, but I don't – I'd have to double-check, but it was at least 15 or 18 states – were represented up at that match, which I thought was really, really cool. Well, but, I'm just uh, going down here quickly because it is listed here. Arkansas, uh, Georgia, Indiana, Kentucky, Texas, Ohio, California, Pennsylvania, Alabama, uh, New Maryland. York. Uh, haven't seen a Maryland yet, but we're still scrolling. Yep, there's a Maryland. Caitlin Bentland from uh, Ohio. Yep. 
Michigan, of course, probably. you know, it was going to be Alaska, but, you know, Jessica bailed at the last minute. She, she bailed. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that's, you know, that's another, uh, again, it's another uh, uh, a point to make about, you know, a, a match that can draw people from around the country, um, you know, Let's face it, we've all been to matches that we've said, mm, had fun, probably not going back. Uh, but this match, you know, especially, they may have actually had the benefit of COVID because everybody was itching to shoot, but uh, I don't think that was the case. I bet you if we looked at last year's, the match was still pretty big. Yeah, in talking with Steve Wright, he's a fantastic guy. Um, I think they had 339, 340 shooters which was a record, and this broke their record at 300-whatever finished, 360 or somewhere in there. They actually had like 389 guns registered, um, but a certainly handful of people had to, had to back out. So. Yeah, yeah, that's going to happen, you know, at, at any level. Um, and, spe- you know, let's check something here. Let's just, while we're, we're talking about matches and we're talking about – uh, what's coming up? Let's go over here to the world speed shoot. Last time I looked, I think there were five slots available. Yeah, I had somebody reach out to me last night and said that they were they signed up, but <laughs> there's no place to squat. It's so full. I don't know if. Oh yeah, is it? It is full. Yep. Uh, if you go to the registration page, uh, it basically says it's full, and uh, you can be put on a wait list. Jeff, I want to run something by you. We haven't talked about this previously, but something that happened at the match and how I handled it, I, I want to kind of give you get your perspective because um, in no way am I dogging anybody that's a volunteer who are ROs. I've said this a thousand times. Thank you for all that you do. This match had a lot more USPSA um, ROs than Steel Challenge ROs, and, th- and that's completely fine, and I'm very forgiving with range commands. I know you're a little bit more of a, a stickler for those, but I had a situation that I'd never encountered, and, and I was pretty pumped up because I, you know, I knew that I was shooting against Chris and Grant and so on and so forth. And so let me run this by you and get you get some feedback from you, and I'll, I'll kind of go through the situation. Um, some of the ROs I knew just from social media, this person I didn't. Great, great guy, and I think they did what uh, they felt was the best. And so here's what happened. I'm shooting five to go, and I, I don't have my string times in front of me, but I shot, let's say, a low two, maybe 210, 215, somewhere in there, which I try to shoot that first one about 85%. The next one was maybe a 205, somewhere in there. The third one, because I knew, you know, Chris and Grant, they're, they're all over me. I can't get them off of me. So I was like, you know, I'm going to push this one. I'm going to get right on that timer and, and smoke one. And so I'm making ready start position, aim right center of the flag. Um, and this is not a critique at all, so let me share this part of it, is the cadence for a lot of the ROs was a lot slower than what we're used to typically in Steel Challenge. You get a one, two-second beep. So are you ready to stand by? One, one thousand, two, thousand. You'll get somewhere in that range. And this was at the outer end of that three to four-second range, which, again, for me is not really a big deal. Because I always listen for the beep. I'm not one of those jumping, creeping kind of guys. Um, and you know who you are. 
<laughs> but so on the third on the third one, you know, because you do understand the cadence, and it was interesting watching this RO while they're running other other folks. You can see him mouthing one, two, three, and then beep. So it's kind of gave you an idea where he was at. And so uh, I'm on my third string on five to go. I get the are you ready? Stand by. And I went one, two, and I was waiting for the for the beep. I mean, I was Jeff. I'm telling you, I was on this like no other beep I've ever had. Beep. And so I I I'm in progress of shooting on the fourth on the fourth play, hitting the stop play. I hear stop, and I you know at that point I'm on I'm on the stop play. Total time was a 187. I'm like, man, is everything all right? He said, you jumped me. I said, you like physically jump you or, you know, in terms of timer, he's like, you know, kind of laughing. He's like, the timer. I said, no, sir, I didn't jump you. I was, was I on it? Absolutely. I did not jump you. And he's like, no, I think you did. And I said, all right, well, you haven't shown me the timer. My first shot was between 0.41 and 0.43 seconds. If I'm, if I'm above that, I didn't jump you. And he looked at it and looked at me like I was from a different planet. So my first shot was .42. And he's kind of like, that's crazy that you knew that. And I said, well, you know, I know where where I'm at. And I said, you know what, if that time was a 2.8 or 3, even up 3.5, just under .4, then I jumped you because, you know, I shoot this stuff a lot. And I didn't say that to him, but that's what I was thinking. And uh, he's like, and then you could see the doubt in his mind. I said, look, I said, here's, I think, our options is if you're going to call me on a jump, that's fine. i just like to get the range master over here so we can kind of talk through this and make sure that, that I understand what we're talking about or we reshoot or something like that. And he said, well, since you told me that first shot time is right where you're He says, I believe you. But... You know, that, so that was kind of the t that was kind of tough, and so then what I did after that was, I was thinking more about that than the other two strings and what happened on plate number four. Of course, I missed or uh, string number four is I missed plate four, had to make up, and then the fifth string. You know, at that point, I admit I let that whole conversation get in my head and mm -hmm. and uh, you know had had a makeup, so I had to eat a string that had a makeup, so it, you know, it probably cost me, based on where I normally shoot, probably half to 0.7 seconds. And I'll finish telling you the rest of the story, then I'll ask your opinions, because I'm not sure if I handled it right or not, because I'm, I'm one of the most laid-back shooters you'll ever find. You know, I'm not a contentious, you know, hey, whatever you say goes, but if I'm, if I'm right, I'll tell you that I'm right, and if you still, you know, whatever, I, I'll back right down, because... I do this to have fun, like I told my wife four or five years ago. When this stops being fun, I'm not going to shoot anymore. So we got into. Uh, I'm telling her you're not having any more fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> so on the on the last string, I told the RO, I said, "Look, you know that quick quick shot that I had on that first one. So if you look at my my first shot on this one, it's probably you know which was a little bit more conservative because now it's in the back of my head." I said it's going to be between a .52 and a .55. And he looked down and kind of looked like I was a soothsayer or something. He said it was a .53. And I said that's that's right where I like to train at when I'm not when I'm not pushing it. So something else interesting happened is Chris Templeton was there, and he said, Steve, what happened? I walked him through it. He says, hey, you want to see it? I said, what do you mean? 
he says, oh, no, man, I, I videoed all your strings. And I said, man, let's go to string number three. So we, uh, we played it, and sure enough, the beep goes off, then the muzzle rises. I mean, it was, I wish I could do that every single string, but it was clear that I didn't, uh, I didn't jump. And so at the end of the session, you know, I put my arm around the RO. I said, hey, you know, we had that little situation on state or string number three, just so you feel good about it and I can feel good about it. It's not who's right or who's wrong. I just want to make you feel good that you made, you made the right decision. Played the video for him twice. And he said, man, that's, that's impressive and unbelievable. I, I thought you jumped. And I said, well, I just want to make sure that walking away from this, you didn't have a bad taste in your mouth or you know, anything, uh, anything like that. And so that's how the situation was, was handled. And I think it went well. And uh, I usually don't share stories like this, but I think it's important that, you know, I'm open and honest and let everybody know, hey, sometimes this stuff happens. What do you think based on everything that I told you, should I have done differently or should I have done something, something else? What, what's your, what's your I think, opinion? I think Jeff? the way you handled it was, was very professional. You didn't jump down the guy's throat. You know, um, you explained to him that you're one of the faster shooters. Um, you know, I used to do a, a, a training uh, piece when I was shooting handguns where you would hold the gun, get it prepped, you would be on target, and somebody would say, would, would hit the timer, and you would shoot as soon as you had the timer. So you're not even right, drawing. Right. You're, just, you're just right there. So it's, a, it's to... Uh, gauge your reaction time to the right, time. Right, finger on the trigger and it's ready to rock and roll, right? Absolutely. Yep, yep. And, you know, for some of these timers, you know, sometimes the the uh, the echo delay is set up to like 0 0.11, 0 sure. 0.12. Um, on occasion, you would get zero on the timer, meaning I was right. faster than that. The reaction time was faster. Mm -hmm. So, what happened, I think the situation in this is that even if this guy has been running shooters for a long time, you don't tend to see the top shooters. And one of the top, one of the assets of the top shooter is the reaction time. Right. Okay. So to him, he thought it was, it was gone. Now here's the interesting thing. There's nothing in the rule book that talks about jumping the start signal, but there is a section seven, section seven, procedural penalties. The first thing that starts is creeping. And I'm going to read this to you. And I think this is important for everybody to understand. And this is also important for everybody. I think you should become an RO because you got to learn the rules. Because if you know the rules, you know how to present them if you're called on a rule infraction. So creeping, a competitor who is creeping such as moving hands, uh, uh, for example, moving hands towards the firearm or physically moving to a more advantageous shooting position or posture at the start signal shall receive a three-second penalty, uh, procedural penalty. If the competitor is moving prior to the start signal, he shall be stopped and restarted once and in the correct start position, once still and in the correct start position. In the event the RO cannot stop the competitor prior to the start signal, the pedal competitor will incur a three-second penalty. Now, the next section under that says, in the event that a competitor begins his attempt at the course of fire prematurely, false start, prior to the issuance of the start signal, 
the range officer will, as soon as possible, stop and restart the competitor once the course of fire has been restored. Attempt means the gun is drawn and or shots fired, but the timer has not been started. So, in effect, see, if it was me having not read that, I would have said, he, the RO said stop, he should have never stopped you, you get a reshoot. Because I use, if you're going to say stop. You, yeah, there's some unsafe condition going on, right? I mean, right, or something happened. Yeah. Now, in this case, it mm -hmm. does say you should, the, 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 you know, if the competitor is moving prior to the start signal, he shall be stopped and restarted once still and in the correct start position. And we've had that happen all the time. I've heard errant beeps from other bays. Yeah. You know, and so you're down there, you're ready, and you hear a beep, and you go up, and you hear, stop. What? I heard a beep. I've even taken a shot and, and heard stop and heard a yeah. beep. And yep. It's, it's an honest mistake. It's not somebody trying to game it, and, and you were never trying to game it. You were just on your game, and there's a right. big difference between that. So I think the way you handled it was very professional, and the fact that you do know what your, what your, uh, your draw times should be when you're very on. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, this is actually why I believe you should always hear your times. Agreed. Okay, and here's my theory. I know a lot of people may disagree with this, but this is my theory. First of all, you should know what your average string time is. So, again, like you, you know what your 85, your 95, your 100% string times are. So if I'm going up to, say, accelerator, and I'm saying, okay, I'm looking for a two and a quarter, and I crank out a 217, I'm going, don't change anything, <laughs> just just keep shooting that. You're or you hit your hundred percent. That is not today's eighty-five percent. You're where you're you're doing great. Because a lot of times right. people think I shoot a good string, now I gotta get faster. Now I gotta get faster. Now I got no. Maybe you're just on a good day and you're just fast on the first string. But if you don't hear your time, you don't know. Second thing, and here's where I think it's the most important thing. And you mentioned the Cunninghams, and I may have mentioned this on a, on a previous podcast, but I'll mention it again. Florida State match, uh, second string of speed option. I shoot a one-for-one -one string, and David Cunningham goes 185. I looked at him, I said, there's no way that was a 185. Right. I'm not a 185 shooter. I said, how many shots did you get? He looks down and he goes, oh, geez, I only got three shots. And I looked at him and I said, I'm going to reshoot that string. He says, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, it could have been shot, been shot uh, two, three, and four. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly what, you know, again, you don't, know, you don't know where it was, but it was definitely not, shot five was definitely not picked up. You know, so now here's the, here's the real reason, uh, again, uh, why I think. I shot a string, uh, I believe it was uh, maybe, uh, it might have been five to go. And I shot it one for one. And uh, the RO didn't call the time right away. And he calls out 360. And I looked at him and went, there's no way that was a 360. I said, you picked up, you picked up something. 
Right. I said, I bet you there's at least a second or more difference uh, between the fifth shot and the sixth shot because I only shot five times. So he looks at the, he looks at the timer and he goes, well, there's six shots. And he looked at the split, and sure enough, there was over a second differential. So it picked up something. It picked up a bolt dropping, uh, uh, an errant echo from another bay, whatever. Um, if I had not heard that, if it was just I'm going to spin this back to the person recording the time, or the person recording the time is just going to hit the button because we use the AMG Labs timers, I would have known that. I couldn't have – because. Now you go back and you go, wait a minute, there's no way I shot a 360 on that string. That string's over. It's done. It's in the yeah. book. Yep. You got to – so this is why I'm a big proponent for wanting to hear my times. It, it would be nice if – because I, I think that the sport is starting to get up against, um, you know, human potential when it comes to ROing and scoring and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, we're not as big to have – you know, like lines like they do in tennis and where the ball hits the line or it doesn't. But when I'm ROing, you know, Grant or Chris or, you know, I'm standing right behind them, I can see exactly where they're either hitting or missing. And I'm a seasoned shooter. Uh, there's a lot of folks out there that are, you know, maybe B, C, D class shooters that are ROing, which I'm thankful for, but there's no way that a lot of these people are keeping up with the hits of some of these faster faster folks out there and so I think that's going to become a problem at some point um, and then I think the timer issue is another same match um, not their fault the you know two uh, two folks that were RO and um, speed option and again I, I knew I had my back against the corner or in the corner there I was shooting I think it was PCC open I have to look back at my times to to make sure, but I shot you know maybe like a two twenty, two thirty, then a two ten, and then I had two sub twos, and then my last one was just as fast as string number uh, three and four, and they called it a two forty five, and so I said, you know, would you mind looking at the shots because I think you picked up an extra shot, or in that case, a piece of brass may have hit it, mm -hmm. and uh, he started fumbling around with buttons. I said, hang on, I'll show you which one. And you know what he did? It was one of those old blue timers. He, he hit the go button, so it raced all the time. Oh. But, you know, at that point in time, did I know that, you know, I probably lost 0.4 seconds there? Yeah, more than likely because, you know, again, you know how fast you shoot and what cadence and all that kind of stuff. There was no way. The only place that I could have lost 0.4 seconds was a first shot, and I'm not losing 0.4 seconds on that first shot. But the, the rest of the transitions were – just as fast, maybe even slightly faster. But, you know, I mean, that's, to me, that's part of it. But at some point, you know, maybe there needs to be a technology enhancement. Maybe we go to all AMG lab timers at major matches, and maybe there's a scoreboard or something like that so everybody can see the splits and, you know, that type of thing. Because that, that's happened to me a handful of times in the last 12 months. Well, I, you know, I think to me, being an RO, and I take pride in, in trying to be the best RO I can be out there. And, and what that means is making the right call. Right. Okay. It's not about being right the first time. It's about making the right call. Sure, so sure. if I call a time with a miss, and the competitor looks at me and I said, you missed plate four, 
and the competitor says, I'd like to go look at it, great. Unload and show clear. Let's go look at it. And if there's an edger, I am happy to take away the miss because that's the right call. Right. You know, um, I have a tendency when I RO, I don't try to track and watch the hits on the plates. Okay. I usually have a discussion with a person who runs the pad. If I'm on the timer, a person with the, with the pad, and I say, I need you to watch hits. Right. Because as the competitor's getting ready, of course, I'm focused on the gun. Now, sure. the good news is, except for outer limits, you don't have to look at the gun after that. So a lot of times what I'm doing is I'm more concerned with making sure I'm picking up all the hits. Speed option is a classic one. If you get somebody who transitions fast off of plates one and two, and you don't get the gun out there, the um, timer out there, and it's a quiet gun, you may not pick up the fifth shot. Right. You know, because think about it. They're, if they're shooting at four, three, two, one stop, they've got you pushed far right. And, they're swing, and then they're going to swing to far left. If you're not paying attention and getting that out there and watching that timer to know you got the fifth shot, you may only get three of the shots, but as long as you got the fish shot. Right, right. And so it's, I tend to be, as an RO, right or wrong, could get chastised for it. Somebody tell me I'm doing it wrong. I tend to have the second RO looking for hits. I'm watching the timer, and I'm listening. Okay? And if I don't hear a hit, then I'm going to look to my second and go, or look down to the plate and go, okay, I just, I, I didn't hear it. Um, but I'm really concerned. And, of course, you can also get into that position um, where you can see the timer, you can see the plates, and you can see the gun. You may not have sure. any one focus on anything, but you can see them all. Right. And that's kind of the best place to be in because you don't really need to watch the timer. You'd have to know what it changes to. If you can just see it change, you know it's good enough. And, of course, the, you know, the nice thing about the AMGs, too, is right on the face, it tells you how many hits are, it recorded. Right, right, right. You know, so you can sit there and go, if I didn't see the last, if I didn't see it change on the last shot, but I've got five shots, you can kind of make an assumption you got all five. Absolutely. So. Yeah, it'll, cool. it'll be interesting to see how that plays, plays into as we continue to move forward and times get faster and faster and faster. And again, you know, my intent on bringing this scenario up is not to knock any RO whatsoever because I am thankful that people are taking their time. Most of them volunteer with little to no compensation. Sometimes they get thrown a free gun, but, uh, you know, to shoot a match free gun or entry is probably a better way to say it. But, uh, you know, there, there are different situations that happen from, from time to time, and I think it's good to talk about them to be aware of them and how we handle them and, the, and those types of things. You know, in the situation that I gave, they would have said, hey, you know what? I understand what you're saying. You told me your first time. Let's do a reshoot. I would have been okay with that. It right. is tough as a competitor to get that out of your head and all that kind of stuff, but that's on me, not on not on them. So, right. yeah, it was uh, overall, Area 5 was a, was a great match. Um, one of the best matches in terms of Talent, I mean, it was very, very, very competitive. Probably one of the most competitive matches that 
I've shot, well, I should say shot in a while. Besides George, that was, three <laughs> yeah. that was the last one we shot. But well, you know, we but got more just... matches coming up, Steve. Three weeks. You're going to be down here in, in uh, my home state of Florida. And, oh, there's uh, a match in Florida coming up? I didn't yeah, know that. Jeff. West Florida Steel, baby. All right, six stages. We're shooting the, the speed six. Uh, I've put my request in for no rain, so hopefully that'll be uh, that'll be accepted. Two years and, ago, oh my gosh! Yeah, it was. <laughs> I've still got <laughs> the pictures. <laughs> my, my my shoes still haven't dried out from that match. <laughs> yeah, I got what was what I was worse? A... What was worse? The the the, the oh. whack two years ago or Georgia oh. last year? That's oh down in Waverly Hall. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Georgia match by far. Yeah. It's probably the same amount of rain, but let's one word. It's called drainage. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. That was. Yeah, I think I was shooting accelerator when somebody took that picture of my feet up to my ankles. Up to my ankles. Oh, my... oh that was good times. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I'll reach out to you because Vanessa wants to shoot in a couple weeks as well. So. She shot, oh, I didn't mention that. How could I get this far? The best part of the match of Area 5 was Vanessa shot her first ever, ever steel challenge match. All right, Vanessa, way to go. Yeah, she came up. She's like, Daddy, I want to shoot. I'm like, shoot what? She's like, I want to shoot the match. I'm like, honey, we're at a level three match. Let me break this down to you. Local matches, Griffin. State matches, the state. And this is the day. She's like, yeah, Daddy, what I want to shoot. All right, let's. Yeah, Steve Wright took my money, too. So we, she shot, and she did great. I'm, she did I'm, great. You know what? I'm looking at this, and I, I mean this with the utmost support. She was not last. Oh, yeah, for sure. She's a, she's a C-class rimfire pistol open, baby. That is awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That is awesome. Well, congratulations, Vanessa. That's, That's fantastic. Cool. Yeah, it's 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 great. You know, and you know, I I picked up a new student, uh, and his mom is also shooting, and uh, it's great seeing them both out there shooting the guns, and they're and you know that they're able to share the experience, uh, which is very cool. Hmm. Of course, now your 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 rimfire ammo uh, expenses have just gone up a little more. Oh yeah, I gotta place an order tonight when I get home. <laughs> it's crazy. You gonna bring her to Florida? Heck yeah. We Absolutely. will find a place for her. Sounds good. We, Sounds Saturday good. morning is is uh, is booked, but I happen to know that there's spots open on Saturday afternoon and Sunday morning, and we will get her in the match. Sounds good, Jeff. All right. I look forward well, to it. All right, man. Thanks everybody for listening. Um, Hope everybody's safe and having fun, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. See you, Jeff. Bye-bye.